There's a whole crowd of men out there who need this. Welcome to the case study. This case study will be marked down in time. Known to all as the record keeper of the historic rise of the woke man. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Actually, welcome, gentlemen. I don't know if any women will be listening to this, but quite frankly, I don't care. What I want is to see the change in man. Yes, that's hurt. The change in man. This is the Woke Man series, where you hear the stories of men who changed, who laid to rest their old ways of thinking, and who opened up and started expressing their truth. Revealing emotion, strengthening their self-awareness, and breaking free from the old paradigm of being a man. This is going to help men find the courage to open up, to break the shackles of toxic masculinity, and to guide them home in becoming a better man. Let's go. Oh, by the way, it's Luca. Luca Reedy from the Feeling Alive podcast. And The Woke Man is a sub-series. You're welcome. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to The Woke Man series. This is on the Feeling Alive podcast where we're looking at the conscious journey of man and how they go from uh, an unaware life, we call it the unwoke life, to a more of a woke awareness and aware, a deeper level of awareness and awareness, awareness. And this happens separately and individually on separate timelines for everyone. There's no like one one size fits all as you'll hear from all these different stories. But one thing's for sure is that change is possible no matter who you are and where you come from if you're willing to go there. And that's that's a big part of what this series is all about. For you guys who are out there right now looking outside, trying to look within or on the cusp of change, something's going wrong, you're hitting the wall consistently and you just want to know what else is out there for you find something in this series and today i'm with my balinese brother we uh i met today's guest at the brave retreat with tim morrison in bali in february um and that retreat was eye-opening for me and for many men that went there and and it gave me a deep connection with many brothers around me and today is a very beautiful man and that is my brother mark how are you man i'm well thanks brother very, very good to see you and catch up with you again. Well, it's good to have you here, man. And, uh, and uh, we had a good catch up before we started this interview. And I know you've been listening to a lot of the series and I've been trying to get you on here for a while, um, but you've just waited for the right time of what feels good for you. And I'm, I'm excited to share your story, brother. But the first question I got for you, man, where did you grow up and where do you live now? Uh, I was born in Perth, Perth, WA. Um, over a young age, we moved to the Wheatbelt country region, and I currently live in Perth now. Man. And how old are you now? Uh, 51. Awesome, man. How long have you been on this journey for? Um, probably just shy of two years, I suppose, now. Mm, interesting, man. Interesting. And what are you doing for a living? I'm self-employed. Got a couple of small businesses, I guess, long story short, in the protective coatings and resurfacing industry. Yeah, that's my main income. Yeah, okay, and that's more like a service-based trade type thing. 
what's one thing you're really good at, Mark? One thing I'm really good at outside of my business nowadays, it's listening to people. Mm. And we talk about that just before as you're shifting into doing coaching um, for men or grief counseling. Which one is it? You'd say it's for, for men, both of those men who are going through a world of grief. Uh, it's in the marriage field or the breakdown of their marriage field. So mm-hmm. having had some experience in that just recently, um, it, it, it resonates pretty deeply with me, brother. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think you're going to be incredibly, uh, an incredible support for other men, man, uh, just knowing who you are, your nature and, and, and your story and the passion behind it. I think it's going to be incredible for you, brother. But we'll talk more about that. Um, we'll break that down a, a little bit more uh, soon. So one of your biggest fears right now, man? One of my biggest fears. Um, one of my biggest fears. That's a good question, isn't it? <laughs> um, it probably comes down to my self-worth and um, I'm still working through that, brother, of not feeling good enough or maybe not being of enough service to another man in his time of need. Yeah. Yeah. What are you really scared of in that, in that case? Um, what am I scared of? Possibly saying, cause when I'm moving into this field of, of coaching these men, they're in a very, and I'm speaking from my experience here, brother is you're in a very precarious position. So potentially of saying the wrong thing at the wrong time um and the only way around that is to come from that place of experience and that deep place of of love that i have in my heart for these men because i know how they feel um Mm. but it's it's it to not put too big a point on it uh, once again i can only talk from my experience but there are men in this position that you are literally holding their life in your hands Mm. Um, because I know at the start of my journey, if it hadn't been for probably my children, I may not be here speaking to you, brother. Mm -hmm. Yeah. that's a pretty powerful statement right there, man. Uh, Mm. That it's, it's funny that, that this is certain things that just keep you going, man. And your kids have been one of them, eh? They, they, that's what I live for. Mm. They are who I live for. Mm. That's beautiful, bro. Mm. What's one of your favourite quotes, Marky? <sighs> one of my favourite quotes. Oh, so many. So, so many. Get in the ring. Get in the ring. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? In the boxing ring we're talking about, what does that mean? Um, for me, it means stepping into this space that we're now in. Um, getting the ring for me means step in, be vulnerable, be courageous, um, show up for yourself. Mm. Mm. It's like a story of of who you it's an analogy of who you need to be getting there and fight and with with bravery and courage yeah 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What are you fighting for? What am I fighting for? Mm. Basically just fighting to, to get to get me back, brother. That's that's what my whole journey's been about. For so long I hid. I hid from the world and I didn't realise I was doing it. I knew something was wrong, I knew something was amiss, but I didn't know how to to fix it. Mm. Um, so I'm, now for me it's it's not so much a fight fight but it's it's a battle that I'm in and, it, and I'm in that ring where I'm prepared to to look inside and 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 own and admit what was going on mm. um, for me um, mm. like I said I knew new shit was going down but I didn't know how to do anything about it mm. Fighting the good fight, man. Fighting the good fight. Marky, what's a conscious man to you, man? You've been surrounded by a few of them of late. Mm. Yeah, conscious man is a lot of things. Conscious man is a man who is full of love and full of empathy for others and himself. Um, a, a man who responds not reacts, um, a man who loves himself and everyone where they're at equally with no judgment. That's powerful, brother. Powerful. What's one thing challenging you right now? Um, one thing that challenges me and it constantly challenges me and has constantly challenged me my whole life, man, is, is my self-worth. Uh, I've always, I've always put other people up on a, a pedestal above me. I've always thought that they're always better than me. And then my horrible nice guy habits would then tear them down through judgment. Um, so yeah, it's around my self worth and stepping into this new coaching role for for men that are in in a world of pain, and the self belief is, is in that is, am I worthy to serve these men? Am I able to serve these men and and lead these men not and guide them? It's not about telling them; it's about leading and guiding them mm. out of out of that pit that I know they're in because I've been in that pit. Mm. Does that make you worthy then? Yeah, I believe it does, brother. I have that lived experience. Fucking oath, man. I think that's it's one of the things that a lot of people can resonate with is that, that self-belief, self-worth, eh? There's a lot of people out there, man. And, uh, you know, I still I still get challenged on that as well. It's like, shit. And the only way we can rise is, is through the heart of the matter, you know, mm. around it. That's yeah. We've got to be in our heart space, brother. Amen, man. Amen. What's unconditional love mean to you, bro? Pretty much living from your heart. What does that look like? Acceptance. Acceptance of everyone around you. Acceptance of the situation, acceptance of 
the people, the person, and 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 not judging it in any way, just being. So unconditional love is that pure love from the heart where if a situation can be see can be perceived as being right or wrong or good or bad, it's just accepting it for what it just is and, and not hanging any judgment or shame onto it. Um, just acceptance and and love. Sounds like a bit of a full time job, isn't it? But do you find do you find yourself like in that state often or, or not as often or how often when, when's an example when you've lived that? I find myself in that state a lot more, so much more than I ever, ever used to Luca. Uh, it's taken an extreme life changing event for me to, to move into my heart. Um, it's taken a lot of work and a lot of support from a, a lot of damn good people of which, you know, a few mm-hmm. so yeah I, I find myself living there more often um i guess probably a good example or one example is just around when i'm in my current role in my and i'm self-employed i find things just don't stress me or bother me anymore if, if something goes wrong it's just like well that's okay it, it's it's just the moment Let's just work through that. Let's fix that. I'm not going to hang any judgment. I'm not going to get angry around that because it just is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you bring everything back to your heart space. Everything comes back to that place of peace and and and, and overall calm around any situation. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, man. Do you believe in a greater power, Marky? And what's that to you? Yes, I do. Um, I'm, I'm not a religious person. I grew up in a very religious family, but we didn't just end up here purely by accident. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you could call it, uh, um, this will be a very familiar answer. You know, you call it source, God, power, the universe, but there is definitely more out there than we are currently seeing, feeling and experiencing at the moment. Um, we are just one tiny part of a massive, massive puzzle. Mm. I can definitely tell in you that you light up. You light up a lot more when you speak about that. And, I do, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting, like, if you just look more confident when you speak about it and it's like going back to that question of what, what challenges you most and you're like saying, oh, my, you know, self-worth. It's like if you remember what you're a part of, how does that how does that help you with your self-worth? When you say I'm a part of what, my coaching? No, the no. Greater, greater power, source, creator, God, universe, divine. We are, all, we are all that power. We are all that source. We are all that universe. We are all of it. Um, and that's the beauty of it. And that's that, that really, as you say, it does light me up because I now understand that I feel that so much more. Um, we are just energy and it's, and it's when we can tap into that energy and share that we can, you can feel it move through people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's where if we live from that place of love in our heart, we can, we can penetrate people. 
we can penetrate through barriers, massive barriers of hate and shame and anger and all the very low vibrational energies. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we, we are we are connected mm-hmm. to not just this place. We are definitely connected to <laughs> there as well. Mm. That's beautiful, man. Let's go into your personal journey, brother. What did your life look like as unwoke, unaware, Mark, and how does that compare to who you are today? Um, a couple of words describe me pre-woke, <laughs> angry, <laughs> angry, mm. scared, mm-hmm. um, lost, I suppose. I, I grew up a very lonely child. I had lots of primary schools, probably four to five primary schools growing up. We, we, we lived in the wheat belt. We moved every year to two years, year and a half to two years. Hmm. Um, so I never had a lot of friends through that process. And by the time you leave your last school at that age, you sort of give up making friends. And then um, hmm. when we finally came back to live in the city, we were planted, I suppose it was about 40 kilometers away from school, <laughs> high school. And this is back in the mid eighties, brother, when, you know, public transport in this town wasn't as say what it is today. So I grew up very isolated out there as well. So I grew up not knowing how to make friends, not, and when I did have a friend, not knowing how to conflict resolve, if anything came up, my tendency was to revert back to my childhood where if it got difficult, I would just run away from a friendship. And that builds up resentment and anger and shame, all these horrible emotions in you because you don't feel worthy. No one wants to like you. No one wants to be your friend. Um, and who the hell can be a friend to someone who is not a friend to themselves, who doesn't like themselves, who doesn't love themselves, who has no self-respect, who has no self-worth, um, and who is, just has this angry energy. I'm a big believer in our energies, brother, and I, I always sort of say now, I make light of it just when I'm trying to break through to someone. My angry energy would knock up or would have rocked up to a client's house three minutes before I actually physically got there (laughs) Um, because that's how powerful that energy is that we carry inside us. So I I had that angry energy pre-woke in me all the time and and it's through events that that we're at in Bali and and other things that I've done through lots of breathwork sessions that I have energetically released Mm -hmm. a lot of anger. I have recognised it for what it is. I still, anger is just an emotion as we know and it's inside all of us Um, but it's only when we attach something to it, you know, don't do that because, you know, that's naughty, that makes you, you're you're an angry person, you're angry this. that it then becomes a toxic emotion and then it turns into toxic behavior. Mm-hmm. So releasing that understanding that it's actually okay to feel angry, but it doesn't define us by feeling it. It's just like shit. I'm just, mm. ugh, I'm angry at the moment. So sit down, breathe, relax. Why am I feeling this way? Where is it possibly coming from and what can I learn from it? That's, that's a vast difference, man. You know, like just having that little bit more self-control and self-awareness from those two different life periods, it's incredible. And I love that's what I love a lot about just seeing this vast change in, in, two, in, in one person over a period of time through it, generally through a significant period of awakening or a challenge, you know. 
Mm. And we'll probably hear, we'll hear shortly about that for you. What was your biggest vice in that period, that, that um, unwoke period, man? Uh, the usual suspects, brother. <laughs> um, alcohol, yeah. drugs, um, porn, mm-hmm. uh, especially towards the end of my marriage, porn was, you know, a secret addiction, I suppose you'd call it. And there used to be a lot of shame around that. There's no way two years ago I would have said to anyone that that's what that was going on in my life. Um, but alcohol was a big one as well, a really, really big one. Um, I guess you would have called me a high-functioning alcoholic. Mm-hmm. I, I, I drank every night, uh, um, basically just to bury my head in the sand around how, how life was panning out for me. I was doing it because I was angry as well. And I, and I thought, well, I'll have a few few drinks and I'll get happy and lose that anger. Uh, that didn't work out too well either. Um, drugs in the last, you know, 15 years probably haven't been a big thing for me, but pre that, they were, they were a very big thing for me, um, especially when I was in the hospitality industry. I was a chef for about 15 years. Um, so drugs are, are rife in that industry and, and you take all sorts of things just to keep you going through a 16, 18 hour day uh, and then get up and rinse and repeat. Mm. And all those things do, as we know, is they just suppress what we really need to face. Mm. Um, and so that was pretty much my life and adding to that, the lostness, the confusion, the anger, the, the resentment, the scaredness, it was like pretty toxic mess. Mm. Well, Speaking of those emotions, which one of which one challenged you most through that same period or in your life? You know, anger, anxiety, shame, guilt, fear, sadness. Which one was the most predominant? Anger. Anger. Yeah, uh, I, I experienced them all, brother. I experienced them all, but if if they always came back to anger. What? Why anger? Uh, what was what was that connected to for you? Something in your past? What were you angry about? Um. I don't really know. I think it was how I was programmed. I've sort of looked into this. Um, and I remember growing up, as I say, I love my parents and this is not a blame game at all. This is an acknowledgement and an acceptance game. But I, I, I remember always being told, you're an angry boy, you're an angry boy. Mm. Uh, and, uh, and then, you know, you get a bit older and that becomes you're an angry young man. Don't do that. You're such an angry young man. And then you get into adulthood. And, and I remember clearly walking through life going, oh, it's just I'm angry. I'm just angry. I don't know why, but I'm angry. So now I don't know where that, that, that stemmed from, brother. I, I have looked into that. Um, I just... Yeah, maybe it was through the sexual abuse that, that I had as a child or I experienced as a child, uh, whether there was anger attached to that because it was never recognised, it was never resolved for me, um, whether it was around not having friends growing up. Um, I think it was around all of everything, brother, and it just built in me. And, and I was never, it felt like I was never seen or heard as a child growing up um because i came from that very religious background as well it was like well if you don't do it that way you're doing it wrong mm. uh, i guess to break it into a real simple f- formula it's like if you believe in god you go to heaven and if you don't uh oh you're burning hell <laughs> mm. and there's no halfway point from my 
side of it it was that's that's that was what we got it was very black and white it was very cut and dry there was no oh what if we looked at it this way or what about this um and and my parents are just not equipped to have those sorts of conversations and once again that you know i love my parents a bit but i think we touched about on this previously before we started the interview that Mm. i i we don't go down those deep paths of conversation like this with my parents because they're just not equipped for it emotionally or, or mentally to go there. So we scratch the surface on nice weather, nice this, nice that, but these conversations are, are never going to happen. Are you okay with that? Yes, I think at the moment I am. Um, it has to be that way for now because... that. I think I'd do it for their safety. I think if I was to take my father down that path, they're not, I don't know, it's going to sound strange, but I almost think it'd give him a heart attack, brother. Mm. (laughs) Um, Because he is so emotionally shut down and I can see his hurt little boy in him and his wounded child and the wounds of the father in him. He came from a fairly toxic family as well. and, and, And there are some... I love the saying, is it a hill worth dying on? And right now, no, it's not. To open up those wounds for, for the parents is just not worth going. I know I can hold space for them. Um, I know I need to have a lot more unconditional love for them at this point in time, and, and I am working towards that. And I think opening up those wounds is just not going to solve anything at this point in time. That's very cool. Very admirable. I, I am of the attitude that the, the line in the sand of this toxic behaviour, this toxic masculinity sort of stuff now stops with me. I've been given this opportunity through the breakdown of my marriage. There's no point taking it backwards a generation. We now move forwards to my girl's generation and, and, and so on and so forth, if that makes sense. Yeah. We can't we can't change the past. We can accept it, but we can't change it. And there's no point opening up old wounds that are going to hurt people. That's empowering, man. That, I mean, a lot of people probably listening to this might find that a little bit hard, but to be able to just let that go and to respect that they were just coming from their experiences, I'm going to have to let this one fold over with me and I'm going to find that forgiveness with me. You know, who knows, man, it might just naturally be healed through a random conversation with your dad. But I think that's really empowering, brother. I think a lot of people can get a lot of inspiration from that for sure. So was your dad the one that you craved the love from the most or was it your mum? And who who did you have to be to get that love? I'd say it was always dad. Mum um, was always very loving. You know, she was the hugger in the family um but she was quite the religious person so there was always a dogma Mm. and it was uh around that but it was always dad i think you know i I wanted a father i had i mean i wanted a um i wanted a father who was just there as as a as a as a a boy's hero sort of thing and and um I kind of worked out early on that that wasn't my dad. He was a good man. He was a nice man. He was a loving man. but And he was there, if that makes sense, physically, but he just 
you know, he'd do things for you, you know, he'd kick the footy and that, but it felt like he was doing it out of some sort of obligation, mm-hmm. not want or deep desire. Um, and, that, and, and I see that now for what it is because his self-love and his self-worth wasn't and still isn't there. Um, yeah. And I still crave his love and his attention. But as we spoke about earlier, I, I have put these boundaries in place for my own, my own protection as, as much as his at this point, because in my process and where I'm at on my journey, um, I'm still doing me to a degree, bro. <laughs> and I will be for quite a while because there's no end to this journey. Um, but where I'm currently at, I know I don't need his love. Mm-hmm. I know he loves me mm-hmm. and I don't need anyone's love because I know I'm worthy. Mm-hmm. But I do slip in and out of that self-worth mode mm. from time to time. Um, I think it's normal, brother. But mm. yeah, it's a practice too, isn't it? It's just like... It's, it's just consciously aware. No, I am worthy. I know where it comes from. It's okay. I'm okay. I can do this. And then getting into the ring. Yeah. Go in there, put the gloves on, man. Mm. Talk to me, brother. Tell me about the lowest point of your life, one of the low points. And uh, was suicide ever an option for you? <laughs> well, 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 we'll go to my story. The low point, yeah, 18 months ago. Um, my wife, partner of 17 years, said the words that no man ever wants to hear is, I'm just not in love with you. I don't feel a connection with you. Um, yeah, that was probably my lowest point. Mm. Well, at that stage, that was my lowest point. Um, through the process, there's been one or two others thrown in there just for good measure. Um, that blew me away. I, 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 I didn't see that one coming like most guys that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm aiming to mentor and become a coach for most of us guys just don't see it we're unconscious at the wheel in our marriage um was suicide an option well it was never an option but did it enter my my line of sight yeah it did brother i'll be honest with you not for long but there was a moment where i was sitting at home in front of my computer and the thoughts just kept coming to me how do I find a, a gun? I was, it's, and it's really strange to even sit here and talk about it and know that there are going to be other guys listening to it. Some will think what they want to think, but it's very real. It was very real, brother. Um, and I still feel it just talking to you about it now because mm-hmm. I would never, I would never have thought that I'd ever get to that point where I'd, I'd, I'd want to even entertain that idea. Mm-hmm. It didn't stay with me long, but it did for sure. Yeah. It, it definitely came upon me that what's, what's, what's it all about? What's the point? Mm-hmm. And the point is my two daughters. Yeah. They kept you going amongst other things, but yeah, they were it. That's why I do the work, brother. And so, Marky, do you have any... Now, I mean, I met you in February, not long after all of this. 
Do you have any part? Does any part of you look back and go, "Yeah, okay, I can see why th- that she did fall like fall out of love with me." Oh, a hundred percent, one hundred and ten percent, two hundred percent. Yeah, I can, what? I can see. It. <laughs> Sorry, what was it? What, what happened? Um, I see it all now, and I, I, I accept it all, and I understand why why she did it. Um, I changed. Because you, you woke up about, you started awakening about two years ago and you said you were divorced 18 months ago. So That's when she told me. We're not divorced yet, but that's when she told me. Um, no, 18 months ago she told me that she didn't love me. And were you yeah. starting to shift six months or so before that or what were you doing? probably not probably not quite six months no probably the timeline i'd say my journey really started probably 18 months ago i knew something was happening probably six months prior to that i, I could feel a sense or a change in our marriage um but i just thought like all guys that we were we were struggling i thought we were in this spot where you know we got kids we got mortgage we got jobs life is just life is just blah. um but I thought we'd work through that. So I started to sort of think about things, but um, I hadn't been doing any, let's call it, work as such. Uh, then the bombshell gets dropped. Um, so I, I I understand why she did why she did. I mean, I had all these tendencies about me, you know, it was the anger that she, she didn't like, the resentment that I carried. Um, and I wasn't emotionally there for her safety, I had fallen out of my strong, grounded, safe, masculine. I wasn't, she, she wrote me a letter, brother, and, and, and she torched me in this letter. And it was probably one of the hardest letters that I ever had to read because it was probably 80% of it was true. And um, one of the lines that she said to me, and she mentioned it to me verbally as well, she said, you make me feel unsafe. And I was like, what? Uh, and I had, I was floored. Um, I was like, I, I've never hit you. I've never been violent. And I just didn't get it. I'm like, unsafe? What the does that mean? Mm. And then through this process, I've realised that it means I was not there emotionally for her. So she felt unsafe to 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 express her emotions in the in a, in a, in a place where she knew that I would be able to handle that because I had fallen so far out of my masculine, her masculine had to rise and my, and my feminine had risen so much and her feminine had dropped. So she, I was at a point where I was taking everything very personally. Um, so any, any piece of advice or anything would just trigger that defense mechanism in me straight away. So she wasn't able to feel safe because she didn't know what sort of reaction she was going to get from me. Was it going to be one of, anger was it going to be one of resentment was it going to be one of um oh god here we go again sort of thing mm-hmm. so um I, I i see all that and i understand all that and, and there's been so much shit shame and guilt attached to all of that because it's like oh my god when you can look back and you just realize you just go oh wow you weren't just asleep at the wheel you jumped out of the car um, so yeah, I, I, I see it for what it was and, and, and I accept it and, and I admire her for doing it, brother. Mm. Um, you said that before, like her bravery, eh? 
her bravery was, you know, a, a mother doesn't split up a family easily. Mm. Um, and she would have journeyed 18 months, two years through this process before she called it as well. Um, so there, I have, I have a lot of awareness around that subject matter now, mm. uh, simply because it's something that I've been really looking into since this process happened. The why is the why, why was I, why did that happen? How did that happen? Why was I the way that I was? Why did I do the things that I did? Why did I say the things that I said? Um, and, and once you can dig into that and uncover the, the background reasons of why we get to this point and suddenly life explodes, um, everything then starts to make so much more sense and it can make so much more sense going forward as well. Mm-hmm. So tell me, man, what was the biggest moment of awakening for you? Because you, you, know, you had this significant experience that changed your trajectory and and started to lead you down this path was there a significant moment of awakening for you after that because or was that it or what, what what tell me that tell me that process yeah um well that was the moment my journey started that was that was significant in and of itself yeah. i don't know if i've actually had one light bulb moment mm. i think one of the big ones for me brother was after bali after i got back from the brave I had just before the brave, I had just started my journey into plant-based medicine healing as well. I have a very Mm. epic tribe of people over here who have done nothing but hold solid space for me, this whole process. Mm. And I remember coming back from Bali and I was going to the beach one morning at about stupid o'clock in the morning (laughs) um, to jump into the ocean. And, 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 and I really wanted to see one of the people down there who, who had held such space for me. And I remember driving down there going, yeah, it'd be great to see Di. I'm going to mention names. I love Di. Di's great. She's beautiful. I love Di. I'm like, <laughs> this is me driving down Hepburn Ave, five o'clock in the morning. And then this realisation just slammed into me. It was like, no, I don't actually love Di. No, I don't. What is that all about then? And then it was boom. I, I have love in my heart for Di. And it was, for me, it was such a profound moment because my whole life, my heart had just been shut off to the world. I walked through life with, with nothing in my heart. And that was a massive moment of awareness for me, brother, that what? I actually had love in my heart for someone, not just because of who they are and what they've done for me, but because they are just being. Mm-hmm. if that makes sense um and that was huge that was huge for me and um where did that lead you where did that lead you after that oh deeper into my heart brother i knew that's where it was all what were you doing to get you down there into your heart like what did you start doing well i still it, it continues around my plant most medicine journeys quite a bit um through those, I released a lot more sadness and pain and anger and, and, and got more into my heart space and, and just found that love, that unconditional love for me and self-forgiveness for me mm. because we, we do nothing in this life deliberately to hurt people. All, all the stuff that, that I have done through my life 
and this is once again it's not an excuse and it's not a it's it, it, to the acceptance of it it was all unconscious for me brother i i didn't realize i knew it, i was doing it but unconsciously behind the scenes i didn't know what was driving it um so it was to find that forgiveness for those acts that i had been or for that person that i had been and for the the wrongs that i had done you know going through life just hating on things and, and raging on things so and i knew the answer to it was in my heart from that moment where i realized driving at five o'clock in the morning that it wasn't that i actually loved someone but i had love for someone um that for me was a very profound moment in me or in my journey. Um, and I have love for myself. I'm proud of who I am now and I love who I am and I love my journey now. Am I perfect? Hell no, never will be. I'm perfectly imperfect just the way that I am right at this present moment in time. Uh, and I love that fact. And I love the fact that I can sit here with a brother and talk about it and open up my heart and and allow allow my story to be received into your heart and allow you into my heart space because mm. that's where it all lies for me now i am very deeply connected into my heart that's beautiful man i love that well what tell me what healing journey was a what, what healing modalities helped you on your journey man i know you've done quite a bit what 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 modalities helped you most um I'd say there's two that I'd put on the same level. Uh, one was a plant-based medicine. I, I had, as I say, all boils back to my tribe as well. They, I didn't realize it at the time, but they put on a couple of healing or ceremonies for me. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I thought at the time they were just doing a ceremony and that was in mushrooms. Mm -hmm. And I later found out at the time that, or later found out that they'd actually done it for me, which, wow no one's ever done anything for me in my life sort of thing. You know, that's what it felt like. Um, and the other one is breath work. Um, but the mushrooms was the one where it felt like my very first journey, it felt like change just fell off my heart. I had this energetic shift. Something was literally punching me from underneath my diaphragm or esophagus here. It felt like something was inside my tummy trying to get out and I'm sitting there physically having this reaction something was in me and then two and a half hours later through this process it felt as if my heart just went boom and opened up it was such a powerful moment and i had a brother physically holding me for two and a half hours through this process while i am just breaking down snot and tears and physically shaking and closing myself off and being gently opened up to the to the heart space again and closing off and being gently opened up. He carried me through this whole process, brother. And um, that was a very powerful journey for me. That was the moment where my, the chains fell off my heart because I realized that there is amazing love out there that other men can give you. Mm -hmm. um, and the other one is, is, as I said, is the breath work. Breath work is nothing short of, extraordinary i know a lot of the boys that have been interviewed by you probably talk about the breath work and do um and maybe some of the listeners have heard about it and some haven't for those that haven't dig into it brothers and sisters dig into the breath work because it all comes back to our breath as they say powerful powerful stuff amen
Take first thing we take when we get here and the last thing that leaves us. <laughs> yep, yep. Me heaps breath work. I haven't done a lot lately. Last time, a couple of times I did it, it was in Bali. But um, yeah, significant, man. Uh, what about your friend group, man? How's that changed as you've changed? Um, I love this question. I love this question because I talk about it quite a bit to to um, my tribe and and that and unquestionably one hundred percent. Yeah, pretty much one hundred percent. You cannot step into this space and have your friendship group not change because we change so much. Yeah. Yeah. They are they're vastly different. My tribe is so different to what it used to be. Well, how's that? Because you've got, you know, you're 52. I mean, it's, it's interesting because you would have had such a different friend group. Did you, is it been hard? Is it, I mean, what's that process been like for you? Yeah, it's been hard. I mean, I didn't go into my marriage with a lot of friends anyway, brother, because of, you know, just who I was. I pushed so much of the world away and so many people away mm. with that toxic anger that I carried in me. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is part of where my marriage broke down as well because I put so much unknown pressure. I had what we call covert contracts on my wife to to like me and, and, and you know, be a friend to me. So... Um, but the friends that I'd made over, say, the past 20 years through my association and marriage with my ex uh, are no longer there. I can't put it any other way, brother. They're just no longer there. I'm, I'm just not that same person. Our relationships, a lot of our friendships were based around alcohol. They were based around drugs. Um, I haven't drunk for 18 months now. Outside of plant-based medicine, I, you know, I don't touch drugs. I haven't touched drugs for years. Um, mm-hmm. so that hurt at the start, I'll be honest with you when, you know, it's not about taking sides, but there's always sides taken in, in, in a relationship breakdown like this. Um, and when people, you know, didn't reach out at the start of the process, I took that quite personally. Um, it was like, how hard is it to reach out and, and just text me and say, Hey, how you doing, bro? Once I worked through that and got all past all that and, and, and fell into my space and, and it was like my journey, the real friends, the true friends started to appear. Um, and people started to appear in my life because I started to reappear back in my life. The real, I was finding out, such a cliche, I was finding myself. <laughs> um, but I literally was finding myself. I had hid myself for, for, for 40 plus years yeah. behind these, these layers and these masks. Um, the man you were talking to was not the man that you were talking to back then, but mm. the man you were looking at now through this computer screen, brother, is, is, is more of the man than, than I've ever known. Mm-hmm. So um, my circle has changed. 100 percent um and i hold no no bitterness or sadness there because i know the level of conversation that i couldn't have with with my old friends now around this sort of stuff because when you go through a marriage breakdown what it does do because obviously a lot of the people that i knew were married they had kids what it can do is it can make other 
people who are married start to look at themselves, start to look at their own marriage. And naturally that will, they tend to shy away from that. That's a path that not many of us want to go down. That's a path I didn't want to go down. That was a path that I got kicked down. So that can make people awkward. That can make people feel uncomfortable. That can make people withdraw yeah. because that's a brutal reality that we don't want to hear. Yeah. yeah. And that happens to someone else, not us. Mm, I love that quote you just said. It's like people started to appear in my life as I started to, reappear to reappear to my to myself. That was that was incredible, man. I really resonated with that. Mm. Uh, you know, that 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 basics of that that is just saying like started to figure out who you were again. You know, like you say, find yourself. It's so true, man. Like, mm. what, and you can see the journey that you've gone on: breath work, you know, healing, being honest with yourself, asking tough questions, sitting with your emotions, not ignoring them. It's 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 a similar pattern among every man. You get there, you just be a little bit more aware. And it's really starting to paint a powerful picture, man. I love that. What, what part of this journey are you most grateful for, man? All of it. Now. Mm. Asked me that 18 months ago. I was grateful for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, honestly, I'm grateful for all of it. Yeah. The pain, the sadness, the tears, the joy, the laughter. I've had some, I've been taught to laugh at myself again. Mm. My very good brother who I love so, so much. He's older than me um, and he's just, he does nothing but take the piss. <laughs> and I love that. Uh, it's Big Mikey Primus. G'day, Big Mike. <laughs> um, awesome. He's, yeah, he has taught me to laugh at myself because I've, you know, I don't take myself seriously anymore. Yeah. Um, so I'm grateful for the whole whole ride that I've been allowed to go on. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't not be grateful. Mm-hmm. I look back at what I was and how I felt to how I feel now. I, I'm, I'm grateful for everything. And, you know, they talk about practising acts of gratitude on a daily basis. Well, they don't have to be, you know... I struggled with that right at the start because I thought, oh, what's, what's big that I've got to be grateful about? It's like, no, no, what, man? I'm just grateful because I'm breathing. I'm grateful because I'm sitting here talking to Brother Luca. I'm grateful for just everything. Even the, even the not-so-fun moments because in those not-so-fun moments, I now have the awareness and the ability to go, okay. Mm. Once again, it comes back to those three questions. Why do I feel it? Where is it coming from and what can I learn from it? I'm grateful that I have that ability to do that yeah um so yeah i'm grateful for all of it bro i love it brother i love it i love i love how authentic and real you are too man it's beautiful last for you my man what's one tip that you would give your old self young mark Meehan, who's just starting this journey i'd give him a few but um left and a right (laughs) Uh, probably a bit of a shake and say wake up Um, uh, probably be gracious and be kind to yourself and allow yourself the time because it's going to take time Mm. Um, you will trip you will stumble Mm. so be kind but mainly be kind to yourself Mm -hmm. 
because this trip, this journey is a journey of an admission of mistakes that, that, that I've made and that you've made through your life, brother. And um, that's okay. Mm. You're recognizing them, you're accepting them, you're acknowledging them, but that doesn't mean you are them mm. anymore. You are not those thoughts. You are not those feelings that you, you continually carry with you. So be kind and be gracious enough to allow yourself time. Amen. Amen, brother. That's been beautiful. It's been a beautiful episode, man. And it's it's so good to see all the different types of people that I've interviewed and people that I haven't known, people that I do know and all different ages. And what I'm really really loved about today's episode man is that you are very real and you are you are doing your absolute best and you are going through the shit and you're here to talk talk about the other side sometimes i think it can be really unrelatable this path but you make it relatable and i love that man wow thank you brother you're welcome brother it's been an pleasure and for anyone who wants to reach out to you do you even have instagram what's going on there marky do you have instagram (laughs) No, I'm a bit of a techno dweeb there, brother. I, I have an Instagram account, but I don't do a hell of a lot on it at the moment. But it's something that I know as I step further into this role, I'm going to have to. Well, do you, what do you, where do you do most of your work from? Facebook? Uh, yeah, through the group at the moment, through the, through the good guys group. Mm. Okay. So how do, if, if someone wanted to reach out to you, I'll tell them to reach out to me and then I'll connect to you. Yeah, or they can go to the good guys to great men website and, and ask for me as well. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, Oh, brother, I just want to say thank you so much. I know we've tried to tee this up a little bit, um, but I just wasn't ready at that point to tell my story. Um, so I am very grateful to the fact that you have allowed me to share my journey. And, and, and if one man takes one piece, that's, that's a win for everyone. Mm. That's amazing, man. Are you going to Timmy Morrison's just before we wrap this up? Are you going to Timmy Morrison's retreat? Uh, sorry, sacred cacao. Not this weekend. I've got my my girls this weekend, so um, unfortunately, no. I'll miss the last one of the year, but um, I'll certainly be joining that journey again next year. Awesome, man. Mm. All right. Thank you, thank you to everyone for listening to this episode. We're wrapping it up. If you do have any uh, questions that you would like to uh, connect with 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 Marky and and, and talk to Mark. Let me know. See in the show notes. Much love, everyone. Keep doing one step ahead of the other. It's a journey. It takes time. Much love. And just be I got love in my eyes Bro, I can't see I'm gonna be who I'm destined to be Wokeness is taking my old self away Yeah, I put love into me I'm spreading that love Yo, don't you see Grab your cacao and drink it with me Cause wokeness is taking my old self away Woke man Wokey woke man Woke man Wokey woke man Woke man Wokey woke man Bring love and just be Woke man, wokey woke man, woke man, wokey woke man, woke man, wokey woke man, bring love and just be.